sports yak. Oh, One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Shack. Sports Shack. It's Sports Shack. Welcome, everybody, to episode 95 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host. He did what he did because I made him handsome. It's Grant Youngsma. How's it going, Grant? Good, Phil. <laughs> oh, there's some intros that I like, and there's some intros that I love. And guess what Guess what bucket that one goes in? Probably the love one. <laughs> oh, that is a re- reference to Halloween Town. Um we have a lot of thoughts. I'm assuming, I've not talked to Grant before we hit record, but I'm assuming we have a lot of thoughts on Halloween Town. Yeah. I, not all positive, but. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I'm very excited about this episode. We have a very serious topic to talk about, which is the What If finale today, mm-hmm. and a very not serious topic, which is the movie that we're discussing tonight, today, whatever time you're listening to this. Halloween Town from 1998. Um, we, uh, if you're just joining us for this podcast, we're an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus service. But before we get into the topic for the week, we like to do new, a Disney Plus news of the week. Was there anything that you wanted to discuss? Well, this week uh, Disney announced that uh, they are coming out with a spinoff series. For Catherine Hahn's character Agatha from the WandaVision series. So we assumed that we would get something from Agatha, but we did not know what form that would take. And it sounds like, at least for the near future, it's going to be in a spin off series. Yeah. Um, this was one of those shows where we got to the end of it and we're like, the way that it ended, we're like, is is there gonna be a sequel? Should they do a sequel? Do we want a sequel? Like all these questions, right? Mm-hmm. And I think if I remember correctly, we kind of wrapped it up with like, no. I mean, like it's it. I think it is what it is. It's it's a a complete story, you know, completely siloed from everything else. Yeah. We don't necessarily need to see like the Mandalorian of this show, like yeah. every season of it. Now the way that it, I guess, spoilers for Wandavision. It's you've had plenty of time to watch it by now. It came out like January through March of this year. Um, the the end of that show, the very end, last episode, ends with Agatha, Agatha basically in, in chains. She's she's basically um, destined to live the rest of her days in this fake as the no as the nosy neighbor. Yeah, and she's like basically going to be in like mental captivity for mm-hmm. the rest of her life. Is like a real dark ending for that show. Um, so I, what, what does this, what does a spinoff look like? Like, unless it's a prequel or something like that, they could do that. Like in the real world where like how she got her power. I mean, I guess they already showed us some of that, you know, her getting her powers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. 
um, Salem Witch Trial type stuff. But a sequel would be very interesting. I they say yeah. it's, they specifically say it's a spinoff, so that sounds like sequel to me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think either way would be uh, good with me. I think if they don't do it, if it's more of a prequel, I would assume that would give us the answer that Agatha will be in movies to come. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know when the time is to bring her back out, like, um, you know, follow the events of, of WandaVision. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of assume we, would, we wouldn't see that until a movie, but um, if they can tell an interesting story of her, like, breaking out of that mental captivity to, like, yeah. get back out into the real world, um, that would be kind of fun to watch. Um, I, I kind of worry about... Catherine Hahn is is good enough to stand on her own. She is a fantastic actress, but I, I kind of would worry about the supporting cast. And would that be interesting to watch, you know, more fifties television, sixties television or whatever, or whatever. I mean, it may look nothing like what we saw before, but um, I think it is right now in the, in the, the, the status of it is like, it's not fully greenlit, but like they're planning it. Mm-hmm. Um, probably still maybe even writing the script for it. And then they're hoping to. I mean, this isn't something that we'll see even next year, probably. Is, yeah, probably is my not. Guess. So, but I'm up for it. I love Catherine Hahn. Obviously, most people did. She, there were parts of of One Vision where I felt like she was almost stealing the show. Like she was really, mm-hmm. really good. And to see her like fully transform into Agatha the Witch, like at the end and stuff like that, I was like, okay, cool. This is this is a character I care about. I want to see more of. Um, I don't know that she'll ever go full Loki you know, level of villain, but she, to me is like a B tier villain that Mm -hmm. is actually pretty interesting. Yeah, for sure. So cool. Um, well, uh, one, I don't know if this is really a story yet. You see these rankings every so often and most of them, you know, it's like, okay, well that's one man's opinion or whatever, but this one came out from TV guide. So I think it's actually, you know, somewhat, uh, respectable, <laughs> but um, you may not agree once you <laughs> hear the choices. But TV Guide did the quote best Halloween movies on Disney Plus uh, came out this uh, just a few days ago from this recording, and I thought I'd go down the list just in case okay. you're in- wonderful inter- interested Phil. to see you know what 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 you might be able to turn on with a fam. So um, first one on the list, no surprise, Hocus Pocus. Yep, of um, course. We will not be reviewing that movie this year. We did review it last year in our podcast feed. So Mm -hmm. if you go back approximately 52 episodes, um, we did a full episode on Hocus Pocus. So uh, go back and, uh, spoiler alert, we love it. So (laughs) go back and and listen to our raving review of that. Uh, Number two, these are in no particular order, I I believe. They didn't put numbers on them. Number two is Halloween Town, which we were talking about on the show. Yeah. (laughs) This very episode. And we have lots of thoughts about for it for sure uh and i will probably uh, if you if you'll remind me i might read the synopsis they do like a uh six or seven sentence synopsis of each mm-hmm. movie in the article in the in the tv guide article and i might read theirs like give credit to them obviously but read theirs when we get to the movie discussion because i think it's pretty good uh the night be- nightmare before christmas wh- which i have to confess i forgot that was even on disney plus we talked about it i think a week or two ago but when i saw it on the list i was like oh yeah I've, i i know i just saw that like a week or two ago but i already forgot again um so i don't think of that movie as disney but um yeah it's on it's on disney plus uh they mention muppets haunted mansion which i mean they can i think they wrote this article the same day that it came out so okay. it's interesting that they put it on the list but 
they must have liked it. Um, they said, yeah, it's definitely one to watch with, with your kids, with your family. And that uh, is one I haven't seen yet, but um, I would like to, to watch it sometime this season. Uh, Twitches is on the list, which is, this is the uh, Tia and Tamara 2005. Mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming, was this in theaters? No. Twitches? Okay. It's a Disney Channel yep. movie. Okay. Kind of like Halloween Town. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you could, couldn't get more, uh, couldn't get enough of the twins in what TGIF? Yeah, sister, 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 sister. Um, the the movie Twitches uh, is about those two girls in some kind of like witch Coventry. Uh, and then the Scream Team, which I've never heard of. This has to be. I'm looking at like a clip of it. It has to be Disney Channel. Yeah, like, I think that one is too. Um, the you know special effects and costuming and stuff is not great on that one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a couple more Maleficent, which we talked about on the show briefly last week with what's coming out on Disney plus. Cause it is just recently has the first one. The second one's been on there for a while, I think, but the first one's not been on there until a couple weeks ago. So that yeah. one's on the list now. And then toy story of terror. Have you seen that one? I think I did. It's like a, it must've come to Disney channel it was. It's made by Pixar, and it's Pixar. It's of Pixar quality, and it's but it's short. It's like a twenty minute with commercials. It'd be like a thirty minute special type okay. of thing. So yeah. it must. It must have come on Disney Channel. You know, shortly after. I forget which movie that that one followed. It's it's either Toy Story two or three, but um, yeah, I'm sure it just went straight to Disney Channel, or yeah. or you could probably watch it on the DVD that the. That movie, you know, included it or whatever. I think it was on ABC, actually. Oh, no, I think you're right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, because Disney owns ABC, has yep. for a while. Yeah, no, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's a that's one that, in fact, I should have known that because the last the first time that we watched it was just on straight television. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we recorded it with our um, YouTube TV DVR yep. feature. But, but yeah, no, we, we actually saw it the first time that way, and now you can watch it on Disney+. Plus, but... Um, and then the final one, saving the best for last, Spooky Buddies from the Airbud Airbud series. Puppies, talking animals, spooky mansions. What else could you want? Thrilling. <laughs> what a thriller. Um, of that list, Hocus Pocus. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. I guess I, I I'm not like there's some people that are like diehard fans of that movie. I'm not. I'm not quite there. I I've enjoyed watching it the like the two times that I've seen it, but it's not like oh like what a great movie. Like, yeah. Um, there are some Burton fans that love it, and I get mm-hmm. that, but I'm not I'm not one of them. Yeah, I'm not a huge Tim Burton fan, really. So. And have you asked to see Maleficent? I I yeah. tried to make time for that that this last week, and I failed again. So. Um, and then the only other news story that I thought was somewhat interesting, this is going to be another quick one, but um, it's not necessarily Disney Plus related specifically, but it, it is a Disney movie. There, And this is, sl- okay, slight spoilers for Black Widow, the movie that came out this year and just came to Disney Plus a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't think this is a big spoiler at all. No. Um, it's it's really, a, in fact, the nature of the article is about they were they were going to cut the scene. So like, if you care, if you care, if you're very sensitive about spoilers, like you're going to watch the movie t- tomorrow or something like that. Skip forward like 60 seconds. I promise it'll be quick, but um, I do think it's just kind of a fun story to tell. So there is a, now we're going to, again, very small spoiler uh, territory. 
there, there's a scene in the movie that they were going to cut, that the director wanted, actually wanted to cut from the film. And Kevin Feige, of all people, the producer and kind of showrunner for all things Marvel, fought for it to stay. Like he mm-hmm. really wanted it to, to be in there. What is that scene? It is the dinner reunion sequence where they're all around the table having dinner together as a family <laughs> the yeah. first, for the first time in 20 years or whatever, it's, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And yeah, that they contemplate they contemplated very seriously cutting that scene from the film and Kevin Feige said no, no, leave it in there. So, yeah. Interesting. What do you think about that? That's that's an odd choice. Yeah. To cut it. I mean, I, I, I think it needed to stay. Yeah. I think it definitely uh kind of shows the background of all these of what these characters have gone through. And it is kind of surprising that the director would want to cut it because I feel like it, I mean, it's nothing like altering to the plot of the movie, but I feel like it is a very key scene for this movie. Yeah. I can't imagine it being, not being in there because it, it really explains the family dynamic of the, of these four people in the here and now, like, mm-hmm. you know, all this time has passed. Where are they at with each other now? And there's some funny levity scenes, uh, lines in, in that scene as well. They, I think kind of uh, lighten things up a little bit is kind of mm-hmm. heavy right before that. So I don't know. I, I can't imagine them cutting that uh, from the film, but um, this is what the director said about Kevin, which I think is, is very cool. Uh, this is a quote. She says, he, he, meaning Kevin, doesn't give you many directives. He's very free. But that was a scene he really felt needed to be in the film. And Scarlett and I kept fighting him on it. So Scarlett Johansson was in on it too. Saying, how will this ever work? But it became a very alive thing. You've got this bunch of people shipwrecked together who are still desperately trying to cling on to the roles that they had in Ohio because that's all they know. That's all they have. And it's beautiful beautiful for me. So... um, so hats off to Kevin Feige for like really standing his ground. He usually doesn't do that. It sounds yeah. like, um, but on this one, he's like, I'm, I'm going to, um, what do they call it? Pull rank or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, and say like, no, <laughs> you're not going to cut that scene. So yeah. Interesting for sure. Yeah. So cool. Um, well, that's pretty much all we had on the news. Um, just a few kind of shorter little ditties there for this week. So, um, what do you want to do first? Let's do Halloween time. Okay, we'll get the the silly out of the way. Um, so we're gonna talk about the 1998 straight to TV, yep. straight to Disney Channel in specific Halloween film, obviously with the name Halloween Town. Um, okay, this is where I need to read the the thing. So I'm glad I didn't close it. Uh, this is what TV Guide. I'm now quoting TV Guide here for the next 30 seconds. In this 19, 1998 movie. If you don't know, if you've never seen the movie, you're not going to see it. This is a great synopsis of it. Three siblings find out that their grandmother is not exactly as she seems. The oldest daughter, Marnie, discovers on her 13th birthday that her grandmother is a witch. And so are her other ancestors, which means she's a witch, too. Viewers follow the family back to a place called Halloween Town, where they meet a lot of different characters. There are goblins, vampires, and witches living their lives all year round in the spooky town. What can Marnie do to help when an evil force starts to take over the town? She teams up with mom and grandma to stop it. This is a live action film, but it's good for kids of most ages and runs just under an hour and a half. Oh yeah, for so, sure. I It's interesting. It's not really a review, like what they're doing. It's mostly just factual stuff, but they definitely give it a positive spin. They're like, oh yeah, this is a good movie to watch. Yeah. I mean, they did include it with the best Halloween movies on Disney+. Plus. So uh, with that as backdrop, uh, Grant, what is your opinion on this film? This movie... 
was all right in the 1990s, <laughs> but in present day, this movie is absolutely awful. <laughs> and um, last week's Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire is so much better than this movie. I totally agree. Um, there is not much positive from this movie. Um, the acting is atrocious. It's bad. I mean, just watch. If you're not going to watch this whole movie, just watch like the last 10 minutes and you will know exactly what we are talking about <laughs> with the horrible acting. Let me let me jump in here. I, I want to... Well, we're going to bounce just for a second off of this movie and talk about the franchise, and then I want to bounce right back. But have you seen the other movies? No. Okay. I might have seen the second one. Which is uh, Calabar's Revenge? Yes. Okay. I just looked at the titles. I've not seen any. I don't... I thought... I think I mentioned this on the show, like on our recording last week. I thought that I had seen this first one, and I hadn't. I, I didn't recognize anything. Mm-hmm. Now, I think why I thought that is... Have I seen this actress in someone... The mom, Gwen... Um, she looks super familiar to me and I don't know why I looked at her whole filmography and I can't find anything that I've seen, but for some reason she looks somewhat familiar, but at any rate, um, I I know I've seen the trailer from like a year or two past, but I never remember trailers. So I don't know how I, I, I surely I haven't seen the other one of the other films in the franchise, which would be the only place I would ever would have seen this actress Mm -hmm. in anything. Um, so, but yeah, Judith Hogue is, is the, the lady that plays uh, the mom in the movie, the uh, character called Gwen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get back on the subject. The, the, the acting is bad, bad. Like it's, it's one of the worst I've, I've ever seen. Now, you're probably listening to this and going like, yeah, it's a made for TV movie. What'd you guys expect? This isn't like going to be Oscar worthy stuff. Yeah. Yes. But okay. Okay. So if you're saying that, if you're listening to this in your car, driving to work, and you're saying, give these guys a break, okay, you're not wrong, but there are other made-for-TV movies from the same decade, the same era, mm-hmm. the general area. Mom's Got a Date came out two years later in 2000 that are way better, way better than this movie. Oh, yeah. The, the Definitely. Chi- the child acting is always... Child acting in general is really hard to get right. Even, mm-hmm. like, even in like blockbuster films, it's hard to get right. But... Mom's got a date with a vampire. Like the main uh, son that's in that movie is honestly, he's a decent actor. Mm. And some of the other characters I think are pretty good in that movie too. Some of them are bad, but I would say the the main ones are pretty good. In this one, there's almost no one that's a good actor. Debbie Reynolds, I guess. And uh, Judith Hoga, I think is, is serviceable, but boy, the kids are terrible. And, and the main girl has like that kind of, smarmy snooty teenagey kind of voice mm-hmm. and face and it and it grates on me every single time she's bad bad really oh bad. yeah and i mean calabar in the <laughs> in the last scene where he's threatening the people it's just so so bad it's i wrote i wrote down in my notes over the top because i think they are going they're certainly not going for like an emmy or anything but they are certainly like I think, do you ever get the feeling like an actor is trying to overcome their insecurities and insufficiency as an actor by like overacting? Like, oh yeah, definitely. Like, like, de- diving, mm-hmm. yelling more than they need to, that kind of thing. And there's a lot of that in this movie yes. from beginning to end. So um, I would just say there is just, I don't know. 
about this movie. <laughs> There's just so much that it's just like, and I get that it's a straight to TV movie, but like you said earlier, there are so many that have been all right. Mom's got a date with a vampire was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's excellent compared to this movie, but there's just moments in this where we titled our October podcast movies that give you chills. And this movie does give you chills, <laughs> but it's just like cringe worthy moments where you're just like, Oh, why did we have to go through with this? Yeah. Every week we're, we're bringing you a scary movie that you can watch in October uh, that give you chills, but yeah, you're right. This gives you the wrong kind of chills, not yeah. the chills we were, we were hoping for. Um, you remember liking this movie when it came out? You were like just the right age when yeah. it released. Um, when this movie came out, I was seven. Yeah. So I would say the target age is probably seven to 12. Yeah. Somewhere de- in definitely there. Definitely before high school. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I remember it being pretty good and... I've probably seen this movie four or five times, but the most recent one that I saw, I think I saw it probably like, I don't know, like four years ago. Yeah. But I did not remember it being this bad. (laughs) Yeah, it's really bad. Um, Let's get to some story, um, story elements there. I don't think the, the, I don't think the story is all bad. Like no. it's it's kind of a, a little bit of an interesting premise. Like every kid, it it de- it taps into kid fantasy mm-hmm. really well. I think like like what if you, what if you were thirteen and you like you just wake up one morning and you realize your grandmother is a witch and you come from a long line of witches and you're the next in line but your mother's been hiding. Your, it's like okay, all right, I'm 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 with you. Like you got me. I, I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued. Um, but there's so many plot holes along the way, stuff that just does not make any sense. And uh, characters react in ways that, that are completely incomprehensible. And, um, by the time they get to Halloween town and realize what is going on, that it's like, it's just literally one man that's like causing a big stink and he doesn't really have a following or, or the means to really even like, Mm -hmm. like pull off any, there's no, there's nothing sinister about the movie, which I, I get it. It's for kids, but like, there's no like st- high stakes at all. It it really it starts out. I think I wouldn't say strong, but it starts out intriguing at least. And boy, about halfway through the film, it just all the air gets let out of that balloon, and it's all downhill from there. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> and this movie, there, this can be a good thing and a bad thing. I feel like it's a good thing because this movie is kind of a train wreck, but this movie goes by rapidly. Yeah. Like, I think the timing comes in with the credits at one hour and 24 minutes. Yeah. Or around there. Some. So it is, it is a time constrained film. Like mm-hmm. they, they made it literally for your television Yep. with commercial, I guess with commercial, it was Disney channel. Yeah. They have commercials okay. on Disney channel. Yeah. So I, it was either a one, one and a half hour format with very few commercials or a two hour. Right. Mm-hmm. But like they couldn't. So I, we can be hard on it because it's fair to do so, but it's also like, you kind of have to keep in mind, like they couldn't just add 30 seconds to the film. Like they would have to make, they would have to add like 15 minutes to the film. Like they, they yeah. were very constrained with what they could do. But 
even still, there, there. I totally agree. There are parts of this movie that I feel like they had extra scenes. I mean, you want to talk about like the news story that we just discussed. Like, there are scenes that that I think would have added some like helpful padding or mm-hmm. kind of just keep the flow even. And it's it is very rapid at, at points where it just doesn't feel natural at all. The pacing is all over the place. Yeah. So you want to get into a little plot? Yeah, go for it, man. So we have Marnie who, yeah, it's not Barney, it's Marnie. And she is 13 years old and she lives with her mom and her two siblings. You got Dylan and you got Sophie, not Soapy. Not Soapy. Sophie. (laughs) And their dad passed away. Yeah, they never really talk about it. It's kind of weird. All we know is it makes mom sad to... To talk about him. And they do not celebrate Halloween whatsoever. Right. Despite the fact that Marnie is super into it. Yep. And her sister kind of shows an interest to do trick-or-treating. The brother has no interest whatsoever. I kind of like the brother character. I, he wasn't, he's not given much to do in this movie, but, um, he, he is like the straight laced goody two shoes. Yep. I believe in science kind of kid. And he's a straight A student. And I actually kind of liked the, the, the dichotomy between him and, and Marnie was very stark. And like, he's like, he always agrees with his mom and he's his mom's favorite. It kind of feels that way. And Marnie's the rebellious one. Right. Yep. So like right off the bat, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. But then they almost forget about that character even exists for the rest of the film. But yeah, if I have a favorite character, it's probably Dylan yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Um, and so their grandma comes to visit and spoiler alert, their grandma's a witch, <laughs> but the kids don't know that. And so she is trying to basically lure Marnie's mom in to a, either letting Marnie become a witch or B to have uh, Gwen come back and help her save Halloween town. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, so, how, how many minutes do you think go by that between the point that we know that she's a witch and the kids know? It's like eight minutes maybe? Yeah. <laughs> and so then, of course, you get the whole shtick where grandma gets shut down by mom. And, of course, one of the kids overhears it. Marnie overhears it. Mm-hmm. And now we're on the bus to Halloween Town, Phil. The literal bus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With all the monsters. <laughs> And then we arrive at this Halloween town where it's basically just a Halloween store all around you. Yeah, imagine Halloween night where everyone's in costume, mm-hmm. but it's not they're it's not costumes. They're real. I mean, it, they look like costumes because <laughs> the costuming in this movie is abysmal. Yeah. But because like everyone, the costuming that they bought for everyone, it looks like they literally just went down to like the hobby store and just mm-hmm. got whatever they could find and then said, just put this on, it'll be great. <laughs> yep. And so then they meet Calabar, the mayor. Yeah. And what a nice guy he is. He's very nice to Gwen. He's like yep. secretly in love with her. They used to have a history together. Yeah. And, and he's pretty nice to the kids too. He's like, oh, welcome to Halloween time. Yep. And so then there's Luke, <laughs> which what what more could we say about Luke's acting ability. 
He's like the the town bully, basically. Yep. Um, but he has, of course, the hots for Marnie. Which does he does he lead on pretty thick at the beginning? I don't remember that being a thing in the in the middle of the movie. Yeah, I don't either. So at the very end, we're jumping to the end for just this one second. But like, the, at the very end, he proposes his love for her, basically, and she even flat out kisses him. And I'm like. Where in the world did this come from? Is it just, was that like one of the scenes that was deleted or something? Like mm-hmm. I, I did not, I did. It's not like I didn't see it coming because it's, it's. This is basically a Hallmark film, but like, I, I there was no telegraphing of that at all during, yeah. that I saw. I, I may have missed a, a line, but so basically, the reason, uh, uh, Ag, Aggie, Aggie, they call it Aggie, yeah, yeah. Basically, the reason why she wanted her uh, family to come is because somebody is basically like making the residents of Halloween Town disappear. Yeah. So then uh, she's kind of like on her own. So Luke is like, well, I can, you can meet the person that's in charge of this all. And he really wants to have your help. And then we're introduced to Calabar, who uh, think basically Scarecrow from Batman Begins uh-huh. and maybe lose a little. And there you have Calabar. Yeah, he's. I think he's supposed to be kind of a Voldemort kind of yep. character, but um, it's it's basically him on like a, a, a wire, like mm-hmm. being suspended from the air. Um, and then like fans, like just blowing in his face with like smoke and stuff like that. And that's it. That's pretty much all you get. (laughs) And you're just like, who is this masked man? And then you're like, oh wait, it's really obvious who this person is (laughs) because they barely changed the voice (laughs) and you definitely can see in his face that it looks exactly (laughs) like Calabar. From the moment that I first saw him, I was like, that is definitely the mayor. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause it like the scene right before it, he, he was just like, um, Oh, uh, good talk, but I got to go. Um, I'll, you know, let me think about it for a couple hours and then I'll talk to you later. And then the next thing we see is this mysterious man. I'm like, he's the only other male in this town that we've even talked to. Like it's definitely him. <laughs> yeah. And so then he puts, uh, Aggie and Gwen under the spell and this is where the movie just takes off super fast because you have yeah. three kids who know nothing <laughs> about magic yeah. and now they have to save Halloween Town. And and frankly, the world. Because yeah. he's talking about coming... He wants to go back into... There's this whole very, very quickly mentioned backstory of how vampires and go- goblins and gnomes, they used to live in the same, you know, earth or whatever on the same planet as humans. And they, but they would fight all the time and it was making them turn really evil and stuff like that. So they're like, you know, forget this. We're going to go create our own realm to go live in. And that's how Halloween town was born. And he, his whole goal is to conquer Halloween town, make everyone like his slave basically, and then send them all back to earth to, I guess, take over earth. He never goes that far with the description, but that's that's what's insinuated. So yeah, so it's up to three children <laughs> to save Earth, to save Genius, yeah, against Genius Calabar, <laughs> and they of course do it. 
<laughs> and there's just some, I don't even know what to say about these scenes. They have to basically put together this potion and they have to go get some hair from a werewolf, some sweat from a ghost. And it's just like. So, yeah. So the, his their mom and their grandmother are both incapacitated because yeah. we kind of skipped over it, but the mom has, has gotten to Halloween, has figured things out traveled to Halloween town and she's like, kids, we're going home. It's bedtime. And, and she is, you know, basically foiled and say, no, you know, I need them here. Grandma's like, you know, as long you guys are all here now, so we might as well just deal with this problem and then you can send them back home. You are Cromwell. <laughs> yeah. And, but then like the two of them immediately get fr- literally frozen. Like they're mm-hmm. just like frozen and put in like this movie theater. And then, um, from that point on, I wrote down they have to finish the shopping list because like the whole goal it to to I guess apparently the only way to throw, thwart this guy is to get all the ingredients together for this potion that they put inside yep. of this talisman. Anyway, go go on. And so they end up getting all of it and Marnie's trying to do the spell and she's absolutely awful about it. Yeah. But Sophie, who's I don't even know how old she is six or seven, she remembers the spell because she put it in song form, Phil. <laughs> and so the two... If you, th- if you think that's a loose explanation, um, just get ready to watch the entire film. There's a lot of that. So then the two of them bring power back to the talisman. <laughs> and it basically is... I don't even know how to describe it. It's basically like they're speaking like voodoo or dark magic. Yeah, I it's so you know we we just got done talking about Agatha Harkness, right? In that show, they did a lot of like Latin, like think like Salem mm-hmm. uh, witch tra- trials and stuff. And th- this isn't even it doesn't to me my ears doesn't even sound like Latin like it's, pig Latin. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's it's so yeah it's it doesn't even sound like anything you've heard before. So, which doesn't make it interesting. It just yep. makes it weird. So then they uh, rush back to the town square and to try and save the people, but they can't figure out how to save everybody. <laughs> and then Marnie realizes Grandma said that art, our, our people just like to be copycats of Halloween Town. <laughs> so where do we put the light, Phil, at Halloween? The jack-o'-lantern. And, of course, right in the middle of Town Square, there's this ginormous jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> but will they be foiled by Calabar and his big reveal? <laughs> and then, Phil, talk about the dumbest part of the movie where they try and fool Calabar. Oh, yeah. It's really stupid. Go for it. Oh, I can take this one? Yes. Okay. Um, so, like, Calabar is basically target, trying to target Marnie because she's apparently the big threat, even though she's 13, a 13-year-old girl. But um, so he he has this he has this ability to like shoot like energy mm-hmm. rays. I don't know. It's very light kind of CGI stuff. But... And he goes after, because she's been wearing this red cloak this entire time. And he goes after, of course, the person wearing the red cloak. Oh, switcheroo. They, <laughs> they put 
at this point in the story, the uh, bully character Luke uh, has has come around, right? He's like he is now a hero. Yeah, Phil. He, he very quickly in the span of twenty five minutes, he's realized the error of his ways, and he apologizes to Marnie and says, "I'm on your side now." And so he puts on the cloak, and you don't realize it, but it's so obvious. And he is hitting uh, Luke. He sacrifices himself. He hits Luke with the, the you know the freeze ray or whatever. And Luke goes down, and that leaves you know he's distracted now. And that leaves Marty to jump up and throw the talisman into the jack lantern. It's really stupid, really obvious. Like my you know five year old could predict what's <laughs> what's going on in that scene. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then. Marnie is making her big break to the jack-o'-lantern, but then she gets hit by the ray of light, Phil, and all is lost. But then, of course, Phil, you get one of the slow motion, but the CGI is so bad, Phil, (laughs) where Marnie's just like, oh! And she drops the talisman right into the jack-o'-lantern. And it unfreezes the town of Halloween Town. It looks like they've won. But then, there's more, Phil. What? It's not over? Calabar takes his magic and just sucks it right out (laughs) and has the talisman. Yeah, he uses the force and pulls it out. Pretty much, Phil. But now... We have a bunch of Cromwells, and you know. But wait, Grant, aren't there only Aggie, Gwen, and Marnie? You would think that, Phil. But Sophie has magical powers, and what? Dylan is a warlock? What? Yeah, he has this like really cheesy... Um, it looks like uh, fire firecrackers like coming off of his fingers. Yep. like. It's really stupid, but anyway, he realizes that he because the, the whole during the whole movie they're like, "Oh, magic is easy. You just think about something you want, and then you can have it." Mm-hmm. And so he really wants this bad guy to go away, and so he, in that moment realizes he so has powers. We have the power of four, Phil. Yeah, but there's always got to be one doubter. Yeah, and Dylan <laughs> just doesn't believe it. He's a man of science. Yes, and then <laughs> he decides. Okay, we'll try this. And they finally defeat Calabar and send Calabar who knows where. And they have won, Phil. Uh, Everyone wins except for Luke. Yep. He's hideous now. Big nose. (laughs) Not just big nose, ginormous nose. And then we find out his motivation, his character motivation for being evil. He says, I did what I did because he made me handsome. I would have never had a chance to get a date with you. Again, can't, comes out of nowhere. I mean, with his nose, he literally looks like Alf. Oh, not, yeah. Not, not Elf. No, Alf. Alf, yes. Alien life form. Yep. And so... She it, even kisses him, yep. like right on the nose or whatever. I was just like, what? So, you hated this guy like five minutes ago. Yep. So th- this movie has just taken so many turns, Phil. By the, by the way, it's not like he was a looker before. <laughs> like, yep. He's like, I, I did it. He made me handsome. I'm like, uh, I mean, you're no Tom Cruise, but okay. <laughs> and then Aggie goes and lives with the family, and they all live happily ever after <laughs> until Calabar's Revenge. Yeah, which is the second movie. By the way, they made four of these films. Yep. So, And I think you can watch all four. All four are on Disney+. Plus. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, I who else would want to air these? Honestly, yeah, Hulu, Netflix, you're not going to find this on their on their services. Um, oh, uh, but wait, there's even more after that because um, Gwen says I'm going to be continuing your training. Literally, in the span of like a, f- a five hour period or whatever, she goes from where you know we've I've sworn off all things Halloween to I'm going to be your trainer and I'm going to train you to be the next witch in the Cromwell line. It's like, okay, that's all you needed to switch over, I guess. I will be your Jedi master. <laughs> and uh, the whole ugly town uh, waves to them happily as they ride the bus back to... What a cheesy scene <laughs> to end this movie. Um, I want to talk about... That's the gist of the plot, guys. I, if you've never seen this movie, you, you now understand what the, the movie's about. Um, it's it's It's... It's somehow even worse than how we described it. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I thought, I think we did a pretty good job, but it, it's it's even worse when you watch it. Um, I want to talk about the costumes. I've I've almost never seen anything quite like this. There, I, I, I mentioned earlier, it looks like they went down to you know whatever your local costume shop is and party city. Yeah, party city, <laughs> and and the, some of them literally the costume literally consists of a mask like like a full head like over your entire head mask but like the from the shoulders down they're just wearing like business attire like yeah it's it's really stupid looking um they they at one point they go to this like gym Mm -hmm. and they're doing like a fitness workout think like you know 90s you know whatever television kind of workout but it's in person at at the gym fitness uh fitness hour and there, two of the characters are literally dogs. Like they, they're dog-faced humans. They they walk upright like humans, but they just have a dog helmet on basically over their head. And there's a lot of that. There's a lot of just, you know, they don't do anything in makeup to try to like make the helmet look separated from the shoulders or anything like that. It's just it's just a helmet on some on top of somebody's head, and it looks really bad. Um, I think the only character that's somewhat serviceable is Calabar, which they never name. I, like, I was like, how are we going to talk about this? I, I kept calling him like big bad or mm-hmm. villain in my notes and stuff because I'm like, they're not going to give this like super villain a name. <laughs> and I guess they wanted you to know him by Calabar, but like, I don't know. It's really stupid. But um, his makeup wasn't terrible. It's, mm-hmm. you know, again, like you said, it's no scarecrow, but it's, it is, it is like somewhat believable. Like when he talks and stuff like that, it's not like you could see his, like, you know, the flap of his makeup falling off his face or anything like that. Like, I think they did a, an okay job with that, but the, the rest of the, the decor and even the cityscape, like what, having watched WandaVision where they made like a literal town out of nothing. I, I'm just like, okay, they completely phoned this in. Now, again, we know this is a made for TV movie, but yeah, it's really, really low budge. Uh, when it comes oh, to yeah. the setting and the the the, the costumes and, and and the set, um, I think that the movie is trying to be funny in some, some spots and it doesn't land at all. The only joke that I kind of laughed, at, I mean, I did like a quick like light chuckle too, was it's it's they're in the real world, it's bedtime, and they haven't gotten to Halloween Town, and the grandma is telling them, "Let me tell you a story about a place called Halloween Town." And she, before she tells him the name, she says, uh, my story is about a magical place where many sorts of different creatures live together in peace. And then Dylan says, like Cleveland? <laughs> and I, I did chuckle once at that. I was like, okay, all right, that's kind of funny. But that was the only time I ever laughed <laughs> during yeah. the, the entire film. 
Well, that's not true. I laughed out loud, like belly laughing at some of the stupid, stupid <laughs> stuff at the ends. Like that, but that they were not trying to be funny <laughs> there. So, but um, there's some. Now that's that's them trying to be funny and it being stupid. There are some scenes that I think are actually cringy. Um, and again, maybe some of this is like you know this movie's like 23 years old, but <laughs> okay. I, I didn't make I didn't make this lineup. It's it's, it's in the film. <laughs> so the grandma comes and shows up, and she's got the suitcase. And the it's, there's the kids know there's good nothing but goodies in grandma's bag. So they're you know they're they're opening up and they're like, whoa, look at all this loot! And they're going through it, or whatever. And I'm quoting because it was in the subtitle. I was watching this with subtitles on. She says, the grandma says, "Let's put on our bikinis and go swimming in it." What? Let's go put on our bikinis. And go swimming in it. That's what she says. 60-year-old grandma. Anyway, there's I, a lot, a lot of I, stuff like I that. I missed that part, Phil. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Um, there's a woman. This is going back to bad acting. There's a woman. I forget what her name. They actually name her because she's one of the, she's one of the only ones that we see turn. Like, she starts out nice. Yeah. She greets Aggie at the bus stop in Halloween Town when she mm-hmm. first gets there, and they have a brief exchange. That exchange is so terrible. She's trying to put on, she's an American actor, trying to put on like an Irish question mark, British question I don't even know like what kind of accent she was trying to do, but it is, it is one of the worst accent fakes I've ever heard in my life. I was just like, why did you let this woman try to do this accent and just completely botch it? It was terrible. Um, there's a lot of plot hole stuff and like stuff that just doesn't make sense from what, what we know. Yeah. We've talked about a couple of them already. There, the, one, one part I, re, I had to rewind because I was literally like, okay, I missed a line or I missed something in between. I didn't miss anything. It, the kids, okay, if you haven't seen the movie in a while, she has left them in on earth and has gone back to the grandma has gone back to Halloween town and she thinks I'll see them in a year. Like Halloween next year will be the next time I see uh, my, my grandkids. She goes back to her house, starts making this potion, this, which is stew or whatever. And there's a knock at the door. She opens it and she goes, Oh, hello kids. Wow. You made it all this way. I didn't even know you, uh, you guys were coming. Well, come in, come in. And I'm like, wait, your grandkids are in Halloween town. Why are you, you're not surprised at all to see them. Like she just, she, it's just like a normal, Oh, you guys come by every Monday. Don't you? It's like that kind of conversation. I'm like, what in the world? Like what, like what kind of direction was she given to say, like to say, Oh, uh, it's not a big deal. Just treat it like you've seen them before. It's like, what? No, I, yeah, she did literally just see them a couple hours ago, but they're not supposed to be, how did they even get there? Like, why is she not asking them questions? You know, it's, it's so weird. Uh, the writing. And- Cause she knows the future fell. <laughs> oh man. Um, there's a, a guy that gives her, uh, like is doing like an Elvis impersonation when she, she goes uh, shopping for brooms. He's really bad and really cringy. Um, he, there's a, even sound, sound effects when he just the little Elvis, like a bum bum, you know, kind of moves and yep. stuff like that. Um, really, really bad. Uh, I want you to talk about CGI. I have, I have a lot to say. <laughs> I mean, not a lot. I have a couple things to say about the CGI, but it's, it's bad. 
I mean, like, compa- compare this movie to Mom's Got a Date with a Bun. I, I don't think we need to be too unnecessarily hard on this film. It did come out in 98, but Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire came out only two years later. And yeah. it's not, the, C- the CGI movie, that movie's not great, but mm. oh my gosh, it's, it's like night and day compared to this one. Yeah. So, I mean, I just don't know where they decide to spend their money on this movie. I don't know. Maybe, maybe some of the other ones in the series are better. Yeah. And certainly in 98, it's not like, you know, computers were up to where they are now. I mean, people can make CGI in their basements better than Like whenever films, Marnie's flying on her broom. I'm just it's, like... It's terrible. Oh, It's literally, you can tell it's just them on a, a chair, hobby horse or whatever in the middle of a studio with a huge blue screen behind them and several like box fans. And they're just like... like- <laughs> They just got big smiles on their face. This is the greatest thing ever. It's really bad. And then they come back and there's the salesman and Dylan and Sophie just waving. (laughs) And it's just like. It's really bad. Uh, I mean, Hocus Pocus came out five years before this film. Did it way better. Um, Back to the Future, which came out more than a decade before this film. Yeah. Uh, The the, the CGI, not CGI, but like the wire work and, you know, practical effects it just looks so much better than this film. Like I just, I think they legitimately didn't just didn't know how to film those scenes. So, um, one kind of fun character and she's in it for like 15 seconds that I thought was actually kind of clever. It's a little stupid, but it, I was, I was also kind of like into it was miss sticky. So there's a, she's like the mayor's assistant secretary. Yeah. And, she delivers messages, but she is a literal walking pin pincushion. And all of the messages are like pinned to her skirt or whatever, where yep. supposed, that's supposed to be. And her name is Miss Sticky. And I got to admit, I kind of like Miss Sticky. <laughs> I wanted to see more Miss Sticky. It was, oh, Phil. it was stupid, but it was like, it was kind of clever. Um, oh, Okay. You want to talk about about makeup? The the worst in the entire movie. I, there might be something I'm not I'm not remembering, but that the uh, there's a tooth fairy. The tooth fairy in Halloween Town. This is a literal literal tooth fairy. Uh, is the dentist? Of course he is in Halloween Town, and he he's doing a tooth inst- extraction in the middle of the story as they're going around collecting um, ingredients. Mm-hmm. And one of the ingredients they need is a fang. So he, he says, well, that tooth's going to have to come out. And he pulls her fang, which is exactly where you would... Is this called an incisor? Yep. He pulls the incisor fang out of her mouth. And then they shouldn't have ever gone back to her face after that. But for whatever reason, they thought they could get away with it. They The, the camera goes back to her face and, and she smiles. And it's you've seen this before in like like high school plays and stuff like that. Mm. But they, they put black. They paint black over her tooth. And, but the problem is, is the rest of her mouth doesn't, doesn't match. Like the back of her mouth is supposed to be dark and black, yeah. right? But mm-hmm. they, they're shining a light into her mouth or something like that. And it's, you, it's just a black tooth. Like you could tell there's a black tooth there, but I think they legitimately thought they could fool audiences into thinking that there's just a gap in her, in her teeth in that spot. It's awful, awful, awful. It's wonderful, Phil. I can't, I, I'll never forgive you for, like making me watch this film and um, it's not, but it's still not quite payback for uh, the Rocketeer. Is it? No, <laughs> I mean, but this is pretty bad. Yeah. It's, 
here's the problem. Like, if you have kids and they want to watch something at Halloween that's appropriate, I'm talking about young kids, mm-hmm. five, six year old kids. I have a five year old at home. There's not a lot. Of, there's not a lot of stuff to watch. No, there's not. I we today we watched. It's the Great Pumpkin, um, Charlie, Charlie Brown. Brown, and that's a, a tradition for us. We watch a. Um, uh, these are not Disney shows. At, at like a Curious George Halloween, it's it's like a 55 minute thing, and uh, we don't let her watch like Nightmare Before Christmas or anything that's you know got like blood and guts and you know. Um, you, you let her watch the Demon Possessed Family Matters. I, we might. I don't know. <laughs> is, it, is it bloody? <laughs> no. Um, so we, we don't wa- let her watch anything that like has like decapitation or anything. You know, even if it's if it's played for laughs. Like I looked at the Adams Family Family Two movie mm-hmm. that came out, um, and because anything that's animated, I'm like, okay, let's check it out. See if she could watch it. Whatever. And I read like the parents' guide on IMDb about Adams Family Two. We're not gonna let her watch that movie. <laughs> like, th- there's like literally like. Um, characters' heads get severed, and the head bounces around the room and t- and keeps talking. It's played for laughs, but like we're not gonna let her watch like a head <laughs> get cut off of a, a person, you know? Yeah. So there's there's just not a lot to let like a younger child watch, and I think this fits the bill for the most part. I don't think she would be interested in watching this at all because no. she only watches animated stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, in a couple of years, would she want to watch it? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, is it age appropriate? I think it is. Yeah, for but, sure. But I'm not going to let her watch this because it's terrible. <laughs> it, it It is pretty bad. And if we didn't have Disney Plus, this movie would probably just be gone. Um. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I want I want to say one more thing that I think I was just really confused with. This is a movie about magic. Like it's literally about witches performing magic. For a movie that is going for that, there's a surprising lack of magic. Oh yeah, in the movie, there's towards the beginning of the movie, Grandma turns uh, a chicken dinner back into a live chicken with using magic. Mm-hmm. And there's a part where Gwen, the mom, turns Luke into like a, a flower pot. Basically, I mean, like his flowers grow on his arms. And but that's about it. Like if if you've seen all, all all these movies came out after this movie, obviously. But if you've seen any of the Harry Potter films, each film has like five times the magic. Yeah. That this movie has. This movie is unbelievable, Phil. <laughs> Words cannot describe this movie. No, it can't. Um, I'm gonna let you have the last word because I'm. We've gone f- like 30 minutes on this movie, and neither one of us have mentioned Benny the Cab Driver yet. <laughs> That's a crime. <laughs> Pathetic. Okay, so it's is he a puppet? Like, is what, what's how are they making him move? I guess puppeteering, right? You would assume that <laughs> this is not Jim Henson, but it's no. it's puppeteering of some kind. But I mean, there is just so much in this movie that is just cringeworthy. Phil, <laughs> Benny's pretty bad. Like, yeah, he's. He's cringy from his lines because he's d- delivering like dad jokes, but they're not even close to funny and they're really stupid. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of cool that his eyebrows, I mean, he's a skeleton, so they're not literal hair, yeah. but like his eyebrow bones are moving up and down as mm-hmm. he's, they're trying to animate his face a little bit, but they don't animate his mouth at all. And it's, yeah. it's literally just like, take the skeleton that's at your like, in your biology class at high school and then just 
you've done this before, like move the mouth up and down to make them talk. Mm -hmm. And that's all they're doing. And it's really bad. Yeah. And how do you get rid of Benny? You just send a dog after (laughs) him, Phil. (laughs) It's so easy. Yeah. Oh, I could go on and on. There's, there's even more notes here. I'm just going to skip over, but um, yeah, it's, this is not a recommended at all. I think from, from either one of us, if you have family, like little kids and you want to show them something at Halloween, maybe, but I would say, honestly, look for something else. Look for Like we just went through a list of other movies, Hocus Pocus. Yeah. You know, maybe slightly older kids for that one, but um, I, I think that's a, a great one. Toy Story of Terror is great. It's animated and really funny. You know, there, there are better things to watch than this movie for sure. And if you've watched the first one, just, I don't know. Stop there. Maybe. <laughs> I, I you said no to the question of seeing the other ones. I may have seen number two. Okay. I have not seen three or four. Yeah. The, uh, one of them's Halloween Town High. Yeah. I think. Wait, it's, that's going to be Sophie in high school because that movie came out like 10 years after the I have the first no one. idea. Um, yeah. They look, they look like not even watchable to me. But I did see that Gwen, like the mom that uh, Judith Hogue that plays the mom in this movie. She's, I think she's in all of them. She's in all four of them. So and she, so is Debbie Reynolds. Yeah, I think you're right. So they were like committed to the, to the franchise. They were ready to go down with the ship. <laughs> so, all right, well that's, that's probably all there is to say on Halloween town. Did you have any? No. Thoughts? Okay. Um, we are going to continue them to cover the movies that chill. Like they will chill you. Uh, or whatever the phrase is, in October. And I'm very excited about what we're covering next week, but we'll save that to the end of the Sounds good. All right. uh, Huge left turn into what if. (laughs) Not even close to what we just covered. Um, Spoiler, 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 spoiler. Have I said spoiler enough? We're doing full spoilers for the finale of what if. Uh, Huge spoiler warning. There's There's a lot of stuff that happens in the show, in this episode, um, it continues right off of where things left off on episode eight. I don't think that's a big surprise, but if you've seen episode eight and have not seen episode nine, do not listen to this pause, go watch it. It's only 30 minutes. Come back and come back, you know, and listen to our discussion on it. We will get, I like doing spoiler talks on these shows a, because everyone has a chance to watch it. It's not like mm-hmm. it's behind a paywall or anything. I mean, the Disney plus subscription is the paywall, but you're probably not subscribed to this podcast if you don't subscribe to Disney plus, but, um, it, so that a, and, and B like it's this, especially this episode, like how do you even discuss this episode without getting into spoilers? Like yeah. the, the, the episode is one big spoiler from beginning to end. So anyway, um, I think, I think this will be a really fun discussion, but if, if you have not, if you're going to watch it like later this week or whatever, I'm telling you, don't listen to this discussion. I think you'll get way more out of the episode, not knowing what's going to happen. So, uh, definitely stay away. With that in mind, we're going to jump in now with spoilers. Um, what if episode nine is titled, uh, What If the Watcher Broke His Oath? Um, and it's, again, not a surprise, but um, it was what I hoped that they were going to do, but wasn't sure that they were going to do. Mm-hmm. And basically just pick up, up minutes after the events of episode eight. So yep. they lose the anthology-ness of the show for these last two. Ep- it's like the last two episodes are basically combined into one story, which I loved. Um, you go first, man. Um, what, what are some of your biggest takeaways from, I mean, we already covered episode eight, but it, it, it may be impossible to mention some of the things that happened, but, um, I mean, I would say for the most part, I liked this episode. 
Um, it is kind of different from previous Marvel shows where the finale kind of gets overshadowed by the episode before. But I think that this one fits nicely into it because it's new content. And like we already said, it piggybacks right off of uh, the previous episode. It, I mean, you honestly probably could watch these back to back and it would be great. Um, I liked it for the most part. There was a little bit here and there where I was just like, eh, really? Did we have to go there? But for the most part, I did enjoy it. Um, did we just see the newest superhero team form, Phil? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't Probably think, not. I don't think we'll see them in live action yep. ever. Um, but yeah, it... I was not expecting this kind of an ending to what if like mm-hmm. it really took me off guard. Um, I want to go back to something that you said back when we reviewed episode one of what if, or maybe two, probably two um, where you were, you were saying, I wonder if these episodes are all exist in the same universe that we're not seeing multiverses. We're seeing yep. one universe. That's not our own. And so, I mean, I don't think you ever, said you were correct on that. I, like I'm what I'm saying is you were not correct about that, but you were kind of correct. Like they, they are all related in the sense that they brought all of the, like what seven episodes or whatever before this and brought all of those characters, one character from all of those episodes back to form this like six or seven member super team. And I thought that was really clever. Like these are, we all know these characters. We know T'Challa is star Lord. We know captain Carter and to bring all of them back for this finale episode and see them all on the screen together, I thought was thrilling. Like, yeah, it, it wasn't quite the same feel that we got from watching the 2012 Avengers film of like, mm-hmm. here are all these characters I love. Now they're all together as a team, but it was very fun. Like I, I enjoyed watching this ragtag group of people that don't know, don't even know each other. Yeah. Um, not really. And fight together to like save, the stakes have never been higher. Like there it's, it feels a little uncomfortable to say, but like it's even higher. The stakes are higher here than even infinity war. Yeah. Cause they, that was just about to save their universe, which is obviously a huge feat. This but is to save all of all the- universes. Yeah. I, I thought it was, uh, I'm with you. And, and I don't know what you're going to say as far as like things that were, you know, cringy or weird or whatever that the only uncomfortableness I felt is like, they're making this feel really big. Um, as a like finale to a series of animated sh- episodes. Like it's, it, it feels like it should have been a, a bigger thing, like, mm-hmm. you know, in a big live action movie or something like that, because it's a big story. It's a big uh, impact and huge stakes yeah. at the end. So it feels weird to just relegate it to animated mm-hmm. and really just be like the conclusion to like a bunch of 30 minute episodes. Um, but that said, it was a very thrilling thing to watch. Like, oh my gosh, like what if they can't pull this off? You know? Yeah. So that you kind of hit right on the nail. I would say this storyline would be something I would much rather see in live action. Yeah. Like this would be, this is kind of what I hoped for we would be getting in phase four. 
it feels like the conclusion of phase four, doesn't it? Yeah. Like I, I didn't think about that, but we're about to get into multiverse. We've we've not we've yet to get into multiverse in the movies. We've done Loki a little mm-hmm. bit, but I, I'm talking about in on the big screen. We've not seen any multiverse yet, um, and um, it, this feels like the natural conclusion to that phase, phase four. Um, but they're doing it early in a, in a what if. This is canon. Like mm-hmm. this is really happening in the MCU, yeah. you know, multiverse. But it's, the timing of it's weird. Let me ask you this question. Um, and then we'll get into some of the specifics of the episode itself. I, I, I had the same question that you just uttered just a second ago. As I finished the episode, I, I, I asked myself, there has to be a reason why did they choose to do this in an animated format only on Disney plus? Why do such a big, they were, they really went after it big time. Mm-hmm. Like this is a huge, huge plot. Kevin or someone at some point said, we're going to put this in an animated form and we're just going to push it out to Disney plus free for everyone that subscribes. Why? Like what do you, it's maybe impossible question to answer, but like, why, why go that route when they could have gone a different way, like mm-hmm. in live action at the end of phase four or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I'm not really sure how to answer that question because we don't know really what we're going to get in phase four. Yep. But I feel like this is so much bigger than, and I feel like it deserved more. Yeah. Um, God, I'm blanking on uh, that. He who remains like his actual character name. Uh, oh man, Jerry's like yelling at his podcast player right now. Anyway, that that character that like, you know, I guess spoilers for Loki, but like the character that we're introduced to at the end is supposed to be this kind of Ultron type character um, that we get and we're, we're going to get in live action. He's I think he's in the. He's confirmed to be in the Doctor Strange movie, but not Spider-Man. Ant-Man. Um, no, no, the the bad guy. The <clears throat> yeah, Kang. Uh, yeah, Ember. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's say, g- he's gonna be an Ant-Man. Oh, in the he's Quantum be, Mania. Okay, gotcha. But he's not in the Doctor Strange. He might be movie. in that one too. I don't remember what they said about that. Okay, so yeah, you're right. Okay, so Kang. Um, the Conqueror. Kang the Conqueror. Thank you. I, I totally blanked on that name. That's really stupid. Um, Kang the Conqueror. I, maybe they're going in a different direction than what I think they are. The impression I got at the end of Loki is that they want King, King the Conqueror to be this character, the, the Ultron character. Mm-hmm. Maybe not with Infinity Stones, but he wants to conquer the multiverse. Like yep. it's, it's not enough for him to conquer his universe. He has to conquer all these other... That's why he's the Conqueror. Like mm-hmm. He's literally trying to conquer all of the universes, all, everything in the multiverse. So if that's where, if that's where Phase 4 is headed is to see Kang be this guy that we just saw already just saw in Ultron. Why, why are they showing? It seems like they're, they're blowing the lead early. Like they're, they're doing what we're about to see for the next two years of phase four or whatever now in like a nine episode season. And, and now, now what are we? So I'm left with two responses. One is they're trying to do some kind of clever, like telegraphing of like, Here's what here's what's coming down the pike. You know, you're going to see this again in the next couple of years, or they're just not going that direction at all. Where like Kang is just not even going to try to be this massive conqueror. But why would they do that? Like that's his character. Yeah, so it's super weird. I, I'm very confused right now. 
but I'm also intrigued because, you know, it was really neat to watch, but yeah. Um, it could be more like a Thanos play where there were so many movies that kept, uh, showing like Thanos coming Uh and it took a while and I don't know what we're going to get, but if anything, these shows have shown us that Kevin Feige knows what he's doing. And so I feel like we're headed in a good direction. And most likely one thing that Kevin Feige's really good at is for people to think they know what's going to happen next, but they have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's so hard. That's why like it's a really unfair question um because we don't know what what Kevin and his team knows like what's coming down the next couple of years. But yeah, I I I almost, honestly almost wonder if it's a mistake to do what they just did if their goal is to make King just the second coming of Ultron. Like I don't know. I I, th- I almost wonder if they just should have left that from yeah. later on, but I would agree that it will be a disappointment if He's kind of like the second Ultron. Yeah. Anyway, let, let's get into the, the episode itself. So um, they're the guardians of the multiverse. Yep. Um, uh, that phrase has been been thrown out. So we have that now, um, which I, I liked that. That was kind of cool. They, it's a very, I, ra- I mentioned the word ragtag earlier. It's very eclectic. Like, in fact, there's a scene, which I thought was very clever. They, they, he the watcher goes he's recruiting he's basically um fury right like, yeah pretty much making his own uh avengers basically um and it, it's kind of the um when you were a kid it was kind of like okay you can create a super team uh, your own super team who do you choose <laughs> you know it's like so he's yeah. going through whatever and he gets to his he gets to one universe where tony it's tony stark and gamora in the same room and he's like well obviously he's gonna choose tony he's like not you i want her <laughs> he grabs gamora instead of and just leaves tony behind i'm like mm-hmm. cool like this is neat so but it's like so it ends up being a team of people that you honestly haven't seen very much like I yeah. mean, it's Peggy Carter, but okay. We don't know much about her except just stuff, you know, some stuff that we've seen her in, you know, movies and that show that got like basically killed and stuff like that. Uh, Killmonger is one of them in there. He's, you know, he's by Panther, but it's Killmonger. It's, uh, C- uh Captain Carter, uh, Thor, Star Lord. Yeah. S- Thor, but it's like silly Thor. Um, yeah. Star, uh, T'Challa's Star Lord, which is cool. And, Let's see who else. Oh, Doctor, Do- Strange. Doctor Strange. But it's like the evil Doctor Strange. Yes. But I was confused by that too in this episode. That was another bit of confusion for me is like he's unusually like help- helpful and wise and stuff like that in this show. So, but he's clearly the doctor, the evil, he's the dark Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. right? So I, I thought it was a, a little weird how his character had changed a lot since the last time we saw him. But um, anyway, there's like this, you know, super team, but it's it's not like the people that you would think of. Like it's not... You know, Thor is really the only main, like, you know, big time yeah. celebrity that they they got they got for this. So, and it's not really even the good th- version of Thor. It's like the the party party oh, Thor. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he brings them all together. They're in like this pub uh, location and kind of explains the whole thing. And um, I think one of the coolest things they had in the episode was uh, Gamora has this thing called the Infinity Crusher. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. And it's it's basic. Its design is to basically destroy infinity. It just munches up infinity stones, is what it is. Yeah. And 
you know, cut to the end when they use it, it doesn't work, but it's pretty cool. Like they, they basically like pin him to the ground, Ultron to the ground and then like shove this thing into his chest and it just starts like gnawing up like metal and you know, all kinds of stuff and, and yeah. cutting away the stones. It ends up you know failing cause it was meant to work on, on her universe, but her planet. But um, yeah, I thought that was a cool thing. Yeah. I would definitely say, the action in this episode is top notch. Oh, it's, it's some of the best in the series. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I will take even a step further. This is probably some of the best action you will ever see in an animated show. Yeah. Period. I, I agree. It's really fast paced. Like that, that part, this is probably the part you're thinking of, but the part where Thanos it's, it's very Avengers, you know, movie style mm-hmm. fight scene, but it's all of them against him, right? Like one yeah. against many. But they're, they're the the punches and the kicks and the zaps and everything mm-hmm. that they're doing are coming in so fast, back to back. You almost have to watch it in slow mo to catch like everything that's happening. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fantastic, dude. That talk about the um the the like one hundred Mjolnir's or yeah. whatever. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. And another part where I was just like, uh, when they released uh, Scarlet Witch Zombie. Oh, that's so great. I, I was just like. Uh, I, I I had forgotten about I for, I, I mean, didn't forget about the episode but like I was I had I had lost count right yeah. so like he goes like okay from episode one we're gonna grab this person from episode two we're gonna grab Star Lord and you know on and on and I forgot there was even like a zombie episode and 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 there's not really anyone to grab from there except for the villain of the episode and it almost becomes like a suicide squad situation yep. where like they, they don't trust her to actually be on the team. So they just drop her on top of mm-hmm. Ultron. I thought that was kind of cool, but yeah. I know that wasn't your favorite episode. So yeah, I was a fan. So, <laughs> but I mean, I get why they had to do that because they needed somebody from that episode. Right. So, and then the only character we haven't mentioned is Natasha and, um, it's, it had to have been... I, I forgot to look at the credits. It had to have been Scarlet. Like, it sounds like her. Uh, I don't think it is. Oh, really? Wow. If, if, if that's if it's not her, like, the girl that, that voices her is was unbelievable. She sounded exactly like Scarlett Johansson. But, um, yeah, I liked how she was, you know, basically kind of... Uh, I, don't know, I can't think of a phrase, but, like, she's she's the secret weapon for the whole thing. Like, they... They are not winning <laughs> against Ultron. Yeah, Doctor Strange does his cool, really super awesome protection spell over them, and they can so they can take like basically like death blows from Ultron and survive. And uh, he demolishes like an entire cliffside at one point. And they they come out unscathed. So like the the Doctor Strange protection spell is really cool. But the only way that they're ever going to beat this guy is this stupid like um, Zora or not Zora. What's his name? The Arnim Zola, Zola. Um, yep. uh, virus, and they you know inject it into his eyeball <laughs> through an arrow that she fires, and she just has some really cool like action scenes driving that Harley or whatever she's on into the air and firing and stuff like that. It just it looked it all looked really good. Lake Bell is who played Natasha. Whoa, Lake Bell, that's crazy. Okay, I know I know Lake Bell. I've, this I actually this is the second week in a row I've mentioned the show, but Lake Bell is in Boston Legal. Okay. Yeah. So she's been in some movies and other things too, but I mostly know her from Boston Legal and one of my favorite shows. I gotcha. But, huh. I, I would never have thought that Lake Bell could be, could do like a Scarlett Johansson impression, but yeah, she does a really good job. 
Yeah. So it it definitely, like you said, definitely sounds like her. And uh, I feel like she definitely does a good job of voicing uh, Natasha. And obviously, at this point, Scarlett Johansson probably was done with Disney. Yeah. Well, she was in the last episode, wasn't she? Or not eight, yeah, but... I think she was in another one earlier. She was definitely in the Hank Pym one. Yeah. Yeah, of course, all this stuff was... I mean, for heaven's sake, Chadwick Boseman is in like yeah. four of the episodes. Like They recorded these a long time ago, but um, yeah, you're probably right. She's probably not coming back for season two. Uh there's a, a part where Ultron does this like mega blast and like hits them all. And then Dr. Strange eats it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he like, he pulls it into his mouth and swallows it like this explosion. Um, super cool. Even Ultron's like taken back. Like he's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Because of course, uh, Dr. Strange has all of his crazy creatures that are built up in his body. Yeah. The only the only thing that was a little strange to me, just because we got so much of it in episode eight, is the Watcher doesn't participate. Yeah, he doesn't attack at all. Yeah, I, I mean, you could argue that he's so all knowing that he knew that he didn't have to, and he does seem to be the puppet master behind this whole thing because mm-hmm. at the very end they say like, oh, we weren't Doctor Strange, who obviously is like a genius, goes, we weren't meant to win. We were only meant to separate the stones from the body. And so the watcher is like even more all knowing than Dr. Strange, which he is obviously very all knowing. Yeah. We saw that from the infinity saga movies, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to me that he doesn't engage. He breaks his oath by getting involved. Yep. He's supposed to stay aloof, but he He's gets in- supposed to just watch. Yeah. He get he gets uh, involved, but then doesn't fight. So, I, I I can only assume it's because he knew he didn't have to. Yeah, that's, I mean, I would say that's probably what you're led to believe. Yeah. Um, I want to talk ever so briefly before we finish, um, just philosophically on The Watcher. I think one of the most interesting exchanges in the entire series um, is at the end of this episode when the Black, uh, Black Widow and him are alone with mm-hmm. just the two of them. And she's, you know, she's like, I don't send me back. I can't go back to my world, whatever. And, um, he's like, you know, well, you know, you're needed or blah, 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 whatever. And then she stops him in her, in his tracks. And he says, you don't care about us. And he's, he says, I, I do care. I, I, I care a great, a great, you know, very deeply. And she says, no, we're just stories to you. And then he's, he says, yes, but you're the most important. Like he's talking like, but he kind of dodges the question. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's saying like, you know, you're the, these stories are of the utmost importance to me. Yeah. But, but you haven't answered the question. Like, like are the people like the humans, are we important to you or is it just our stories that are important? You know? And so it, it I know this is super like high level thought, but like it, it, it made me think about like, like couch potatoes, like people that watch television almost mm-hmm. as a living, like, yeah. you know, uh, you know, you're retired or you just have a lot of time and you just like are watching stories like every day. 
and how you don't actually care about the people that you're watching because they're not real. Like these are actors playing characters Mm -hmm. and how like the watcher to me almost seems like he has been relegated to that. He only gets involved because I think, I mean, you, you answer the question on your own, but to save his own skin, like he, he is so addicted to watching television, basically like all these stories that, that anything, any threat to him having to stop watching is like the most, is like the worst thing he can imagine. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that completely, um, because, I mean, it, it. I mean, I think you hit right on the knob that he pretty much is just a couch potato. Yeah, and the only reason that he even got involved was he felt the need that he he was the one that let everybody down. And he needed to fix what had happened. Oh yeah, you're putting a little bit more of a spin on it than even I was, but like he feels responsible for, mm-hmm. like he could have gotten involved to stop this, and he didn't. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting too. I hadn't thought of that. Thought of that. Yeah, he's the Watcher is, it, like in the last couple of months has immediately ratcheted up to like one of my most intrigued most intrigued by characters in, in the yeah. MCU. I I want to know a lot more about the Watcher. Like mm-hmm. he is. He is what I thought they were going to do with Loki. Okay. Like they were going to make the, uh, what are they called? The, uh, the TVA. Yeah. But like the, the guy that's at the top, like the, Oh, um, I mean, they call him he, he who remains at the end, but they don't, they don't call him that in the middle of the show. I can't remember what they call him. Um, the lizard, the time pe- timekeepers, the timekeepers. So yeah. I thought the timekeepers were legit, legit. just going to be the watcher. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a, I mean, exactly tit for tat. And they ended up not being that. In fact, they, they, you want to talk about involve. They are the opposite. Yeah. I mean, like, as far away from the watchers you can get, like their whole, their whole thing is to butt into everyone's business. Right mm-hmm. now we get the watcher. He's the total opposite of the timekeepers. And, um, and yet feels, I think he does. I think he feels guilty that he didn't yeah. for this one chance, this one time he should have got involved did not and now I have to clean up the mess. But again, I I think his I think that's there. I think even more important to him is is that to, to go on the the same kind of analogy as watching television. The cable guy is coming and he's going to pull the plug and I'm not going to be able to watch my shows anymore. And that's like death to me. Like you know, yeah. Like that's my personal hell is not being able to be the watcher anymore. So. Yeah, um, I'm really I I could go on and on about the Watcher. I, I think he's very very fascinating. He's a very still a very mysterious character. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we'll really he's not told us a lot about himself. I think for good reason. He's protecting a lot of that stuff. But in season two, we know season two is coming of of uh, what if. I wanted I wanted to learn a lot more about him and I, like my fear is that we won't get like we'll never get a lot of information about him but like I want to know like where did he come from what's his what's his true motive is it literally just to watch shows uh you know he's uh he's very interesting to me yeah so. it I feel like you can go many different directions with this and I feel like if Kevin Feige has shown us anything. There will be parts of this that will be comic book canon, but a lot of it will be new stuff. Yeah. 
So the last couple of things that happened in the episode, we'll wrap up with this. Um, the Black Widow does go back to a world. It's just not his, her world. I mean, there's no one left on her world, uh, her universe. She goes back to the watcher says not to your fallen world, but to a world that lost their widow, mm-hmm. which I thought that was really cool. Like he's replacing uh, the fallen widow with this widow. At first I thought they were going to take, they were going to put her in the, like the literal MCU universe, like mm-hmm. the infinity war. She died in infinity war. <laughs> Uh, or no, it's the second one. Um, Endgame. Endgame. She died in Endgame. I thought they were gonna. He was gonna send her to that world. Like that, that would have been crazy. That would have been insane because that's that's literally saying this animated show is true canon with like the live action stuff. But uh, she doesn't go there. She goes to the one episode that we didn't pull anyone out of was the one. I mean, besides the zombie one, but the other one was uh, the one where Loki wins. Like he gets his way. Yep. Um, and. Uh, you know, Fury is like exasperated and they've lost Widow and stuff like that. She goes to that world and it basically kicks Loki's butt, um, which is mm-hmm. was kind of fun to watch. So they tied up every loose ends, all the universes with that. And then, uh, did you see the after credits? I did. I'm trying to remember it. So yeah, I I, I don't know that I would remember it either. It's, it's actually kind of not very consequential, but um, it's uh, Captain Carter goes back to her and she's it's like se- only seconds have passed she's out back on the ship where yeah. she started at the beginning of the episode and they get to the car- cargo hold and they find the hot hydro stomper yeah uh in storage and they say and there's somebody inside and obviously it's gonna be steve but um yeah i uh that's got to me that is essentially just setting up season two yeah is that you what? assume so yeah so um i think that I mean, the after credits scene, I think, does answer that one question that was still lingering, lingering is, what are they going to do with season two? Are they going to give us continuations of these universes' stories, like the literal Captain Carter universe again in a, you know, you know six months later and, and then another story in that universe? I think the answer is yes. I, I think that after credits scene basically confirms it, that they're mm-hmm. going to they're gonna continue on with these stories. So, Yeah, so, I mean, I think it'll be very interesting i mean i think it probably does deserve a second season but i don't think we need more after that yeah yeah i'd be good with just two seasons yeah on the show for sure i i say the same thing about loki too i i loved loki but um if they wrapped it up on loki season two i'd be totally good with that Mm -hmm. because there's only just so much you can especially with this one we don't need 45 episodes. What if this happened? What if yeah. this? <laughs> I mean, I feel like it will have run its course with 18 episodes. Yeah. I, I will say one, we talked earlier about, you know, why did they go bigger with this story? You know, live action, big screen, that kind of thing. One thing I, I do think was perfect for animated was, you know, to give characters some extra screen time that we normally would never see again. Mm-hmm. Like Captain Carter is a perfect example. Uh, Killmonger, I, th- I think is a good example. That's, that's a character that, you know, there's rumors about him or maybe they're confirmed about him being in Black Panther two and, and, and whatnot. And I would love to see more of him, but this, this gives Killmonger something to do. Like he's in the animated show. So we get to see more of him. So yeah, um, yeah I think they did a really good job with it. And it's a perfect time of year too. Like in between, you know, while we're waiting for, some mm-hmm. Marvel movies to come out. Uh, have you had, I know you guys super busy no. still coaching football. You haven't ha- had a chance to watch anything else probably. No, not at all. I, I typically have watched 
other things, but this week is an anomaly. I, I've not watched anything else on Disney Plus. I actually, um, this is not Disney Plus in any way, shape, or form. In fact, it's not even close to being eligible for Disney Plus okay. um, for content. But um, I have been watching Squid Game, which is like the only thing apparently anyone is ever watching these days. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I, I have not watched it. <laughs> but I feel like there are plenty of people that I know that have been watching it. Yeah, if you've if you've been living under a rock and have somehow not heard about Squid Game yet, it's it's already like uh, it's becoming a meme. It's already on T-shirts. Like it's it's unbelievable how this show is taking off. This is Stranger Things. Basically, they're they're talking about how the viewership of Squid Game might become become the number one streamed show on Netflix here in the next couple of weeks. Wow. So, which is crazy. It's it's not even in English. I mean, I guess there's a dubbed version. I'm watching it uh subbed, but it's it's a Korean. It's it takes place in Korea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh totally Korean cast, all the original audio is all in Korean, uh not in English. So, but it's it's a fascinating show. Um it is not for kids at all. It's very adult, but in the in its violence, it's very the violence is very very graphic. Yeah. Um but it is um, a fantastic show. It's been taking up all of my screen time that I would normally devote to Disney Plus because I, I, I want to be part of that conversation. And it's been fascinating. If you've not even heard of the show, look it up. I don't even want to talk about it any, any further because any mention of anything might be considered a, a spoiler. But it's it's really, really good. Um, definitely check it out if you have access to Netflix, um, which you probably do if you have streaming services. So, um, All right. We'll take a look at what's new on Disney Plus this week, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, this is for uh, Wednesday, October 13th, and Friday, October 15th, um, the week that we are recording this. Um, I'll tell you up front right now, it's a it's a slow week, man. There's not a lot coming out. Uh, not this week. There's some cool stuff coming out later this month, but and definitely November is going to ramp up, but uh, we're kind of in a, a little bit of a lull right now. Um, so... Wednesday, October thirteenth. This is, and I'll, I think they they hit the first, the biggest one first. Like this, I think this is the only one that people will actually discuss and talk about. Um, it's called Just Beyond. Um, it's an eight episode supernatural anthology series. So similar to What If, every episode has nothing to do with the episode that came before it. Uh, kind of Twilight Zone kind of thing. It's called Just Beyond. It is inspired by the writings of R.L. Stein, mm-hmm. which you had to tell me before we recorded is he's the author of Goosebumps. Goosebumps. So I've not read those. Have you read some of those books? Uh, I've seen the movies. Okay. And I don't think I've even done that. Um, yeah. So his his work is, I know, extremely respected. I, I just, I haven't taken part in mm-hmm. it myself. So... Anyways, it's it's only eight episodes. It doesn't mention how long the episodes are. I would think twenty to forty. It is. It says uh, it tells astonishing and thought provoking stories of a reality just beyond the one we know. Each episode introduces viewers to a new cast of characters who must go on a surprising journey of self discovery in a super supernatural world of witches, aliens, ghosts, and parallel universe. So it just kind of runs the gamut of like. Um, fantasy yep. type stuff. So maybe some sci-fi, but also some like paranormal stuff like witches mm-hmm. and ghosts. So it honestly has, has me a little intrigued. It's, it's got like a, a younger girl on the poster for it. So it, and then goosebumps is, is, is that his stuff is his main stuff is tailored towards younger kids. Yeah. It's probably like tweens. So like 10 to maybe like nine to 12 year olds. Okay. It's interesting to me that it says it's inspired by the writings of R.L. Stein, not the 
Goosebumps stories of R.L. Stein, but it could be Goosebumps. I don't know. Um, does that I, sound like Goosebumps? The way I, I think he's written other stuff besides Goosebumps. Okay, Goosebumps is what he's mainly known for, though. Goosebumps isn't like um, aliens and stuff, is it? It can be. Okay, it can be. It's kind of like horror characters. Okay, on like a kids level. Okay, so I think. I mean, if that's if if that kind of thing sounds intriguing to you, I think that's what you're going to get with this mm-hmm. show. It's not like. It, R.L. Stein wrote these stories, but they're inspired by you know people that love him, and it looks like it's covering a lot of the same subject matter. So it's a live action show, eight episodes. So uh, I might check out one or two of them if I have time. So if I can get Squid Game out of the way. Um, also for Wednesday, Chip and Dale Park Life episode uh, twelve is coming out. Uh, Doogie Kamealoha episode six uh, entitled Career Babes is is coming out. Uh, this is the the next one I'm going to mention is the only other one that I think is is kind of interesting. It, it's for a very specific kind of person, but I might be one of those people. It's called Apollo Back to the Moon, and it says season. It says S one, which I'm assuming is season one. It's um, it's a it says it's a two part documentary chronicling the epic adventure of the Apollo space program. What's interesting about this is that it covers multiple missions. So like mm-hmm. this isn't about like. Apollo 8 or Apollo yeah. 11 or anything. It's it's covering like it starts from the Cold War Apollo 1 mission uh to up, all the way up to Apollo 8 mission okay. and then finishes with Apollo 11 with Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin on mm-hmm. the moon. So it's it's covering like all of the Apollos, which I don't like in high school, I remember studying about like a couple of them. Yep. Um, to me, this is basically like, here's a, here's a history of all the Apollo missions, uh, or at least most of them. So, and it's you know, obviously going to dive deep into the men and women that made them possible. So interesting. Yeah. So that, that's a national geographic, uh, documentary. I've been very high on documentaries this year, so I might check that out. And, uh, certainly I'm sure some of the shots in that documentary are going to be pretty amazing. So, um, Mickey Mouse mixed up, mixed up Adventures Season 1. Uh, a couple of episodes are coming out. The Spooky Spook House is one of them, so just in time for Halloween. Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> Secrets of the Zoo, North Carolina. Uh, at the North, North Carolina Zoo, a passionate family of vets and zookeepers care for more than 1,000 animals at one of the largest zoos in the world. So if you want to know <laughs> behind-the-scenes zoo life. Uh, oh, and then there's another one, Se- Secrets of the Zoo Down Under uh, into Sydney's Zoo. Uh, season one of The Wizard of Paws. Did we talk about this before? The Wizard of Paws? I don't think so. I thought we had make, made fun of it because um, your, your wife loves Wizard of Oz so much. We probably did. Um, anyway, it, that's the National Geographic uh, Wilds is what they call that. Wizard of Paws. Um, animated show called Zombies, Addison's Moonstone Mystery Shorts. Um, bunch of uh, shorts uh episodes i guess about teens um something to do with zombies and werewolves i guess <laughs> that's it for wednesday uh friday is a very short list um october 15th lost cities with albert lynn the great flood um he's looking at um the peruvian andes searching for the origins of the of great flood stories um i'm assuming that's like noah type type things so yeah. if, you're, if you're interested in you know um uh, kind of uh, legend about that kind of stuff. And then the only other thing, there's only two things on Friday, that and mega city of the Maya warrior King, which is another G- national geographic. It's a really heavy geographic um, mm-hmm. episode or week this week. Um, Albert Lynn, 
uh, same guy uh, going to the jungles of Central America in search of the lost capital of the Maya snake kings. Huh. So, um, lots of documentary stuff this this week. Um, zoo, you know, a couple of different zoo things. One in Sydney, one in North Carolina, and then you know, legend stuff with Albert Lynn. But I think, I mean, for me, the the things that stand out the most are the Apollo missions to the moon and uh, just beyond. Yeah, which both both of those come out on Wednesday. So. There's not much to speak of for Friday, unfortunately, but Wednesday's got a couple interesting things. Bummer. So, uh, well, good, good long episode this week. Uh, we're going to do a shorter episode next week. There's no more what if to uh, discuss. We're going to continue the the movies that chill in October. And Grant, what are we watching next week? We are watching, which correct me if I'm wrong, but this uh, actor. I don't think we've ever had one of his movies on our show. I don't think so. We are bringing Eddie Murphy to Disney Plus Reviews. Yeah. And we are reviewing The Haunted Mansion. Yeah. And you have not seen this movie. I've not seen this movie. I've not seen this movie either. This is the first one in a while that's not like a new movie like Black Widow um, that neither one of us have seen. So So. it's going to be fresh eyes and... We'll see how it is. We both really enjoy this ride at oh, Disneyland yeah. or Disney World, whichever one. I mean, it's the same ride at both of them, but we both really enjoy this ride. So uh, <clears throat> We both just recently watched the Behind the Attraction mm-hmm. Haunted Mansion episode, which is really a really good one. Um, and this is a movie that I think just completely flew under my radar. Like, yeah. I, when I was watching the Behind the Attraction documentary, and they, they were talking about like, oh, and this was made into a film. Like, it was? Like, I, I was like, I didn't even know that this movie even existed. Yeah. It's late 90s, right? 98 or something? Mm, I think it's early 2000s. Okay. But I, I mean, it just, somehow it completely escaped me. I, I did not even know that this movie was even a thing. Obviously, it's got a big cast, you know, somewhat big cast, at least with Eddie Murphy in it. So, yeah, if we're going to cover like... 2003. Okay, gotcha. I don't know what I was doing in 2003, but I, I completely missed it. So anyway, um, you know, if we're going to cover like scary movies in the month of October, obviously Haunted Mansion needs to be on the list, but neither one of us knew whether, you know, we could recommend this movie or not recommend it. It was obviously on the, or I guess it was the Muppets Haunted Mansion was on the TV guide list, but mm-hmm. it's, it's one that like, as soon as I heard about it, I was like, I have to watch this. Like it's based on one of my favorite rides from Disneyland. Yeah. I'm very interested to see, what it's going to be like. So, and I, I don't know, I don't know that we'll cover Muppets Haunted Mansion. I definitely will be intrigued to watch it after yeah. watching the original that it's obviously, you know, the parody is based on, but, but yeah, I, it's, it'll be a new, new movie for both of us. So yeah, it'll so, be exciting. Yeah. To watch something new. Yeah. So if, you know, if you're like us and haven't seen it or you just haven't seen it in, you know, almost 20 years since it came out, Uh, Give it a watch and come back next episode of Disney Plus Reviews. That's going to be our only topic, so it'll be a little bit shorter of an episode. But we will be covering Haunted Mansion next week. And, of course, news and what else. We've been watching all the the usual segments. So uh, stay tuned for that. And we've got a couple more scary things coming up for the rest of the month, too. So um, in the scariest month of the year, join us on our journey through Yeah, the spooky side of Disney Plus. We'll we'll catch you next time for movies movies that chill. (laughs) 